Healthy Morning Revolution Radio, episode number one. What is healthy morning? Hello and welcome to Healthy Morning Revolution Radio. I'm your host, Maria Klyovkov. I'm president and CEO of Healthy Morning Revolution and Healthy Morning Publications. I am an author, keynote speaker, workshop and webinar facilitator, and grief coach. I'm here to work with you on your grief journey. Together, we work through the stuck places with ease and grace so that you can reclaim your memories, celebrate your love, and recommit to your life. So let's get started. Today's topic, what is Healthy Morning all about, is really one of my favorite topics because it requires us to go back to the basics where we define the difference between grief and mourning. You see, those terms are often used interchangeably. People say you're grieving, people say you're mourning, or we say we're grieving and we're mourning, and we don't necessarily know what the distinction between those two terms are, but they have two very different meanings, and they're all really critical and important to our grief process and our grief journey. So let's start with talking about what grief is. Grief is that internal experience of your loss. So it may be sadness, it may be anger, it may be frustration. It can be a whole myriad of things when we experience um, blame, shame, guilt. Any of those experiences is all part of our grief journey. However, grief is the internal experience, so it's what's going on on our insides. Mourning is our external expression, so it can be the tears that come out. It can be when we're ranting and raving about something, when we're punching a pillow, uh, when we're laughing about something. It doesn't have to be sad-based. When we're sharing a story with someone about our loved one, all of these are mourning um, tools because what it does is it helps us to convert the grief that's trapped on the inside and allows this external expression so that it releases from our body. Our grief journey is all about moments of converting our grief to mourning. And so it's really important for us to learn effective ways to convert our grief to mourning because if we don't do that, then our grief gets trapped and buried inside of us. And what that's called is buried and carried grief. And living in North America, honestly, we all bury and carry our grief because we've been taught here that it's not okay to mourn. And because we live in a society where mourning is really frowned upon, um, we're kind of in a grief-phobic and mourning-avoidant society. And what that means is grief-phobic because we're afraid of what our grief is telling us. We're afraid that if we feel what's really going on inside of us, that grief is going to take us out. As opposed to understanding that what really takes us out is when we don't allow ourselves to connect in and touch into that grief so that we can express it out of our bodies. And as we convert our grief to mourning in healthy ways, so do we find that we move through the grief journey with a whole lot more ease and grace. It's the fight against our grief that really causes us trouble. And so what I'd like us to explore today is what are the ways that maybe we do avoid our grief? What are the ways that we we choose not to tap in and tune in to what's going on on the inside? And why would we do that? 
You know, again, it's a societal norm, it seems, to to bury and carry. We tell people buck up messages and move on messages like, oh, you know, you should just get over this. You should be over it because it hasn't been such a long time after all. We tell people um, that they should stop crying or that there's no reason for them to cry or that their crying is not helping the person who died. But none of that is the point. The point is that when we've lost somebody who is near and dear to us, we're hurting. We're really hurting because they're no longer part of our physical reality. They're not in our physical world anymore. There is a wonderful quote. It is my absolute favorite quote. I use it every workshop I ever teach. I use it anytime I'm talking to anybody and when I'm with new clients as well. The quote comes from Robert Woodruff Anderson. It was written in the 1930s. And it says, death ends a life, but it does not end a relationship. And you know, what that means to me is, it is true that the person who we love dearly is no longer in the physical realm, but that doesn't mean that the relationship has ended. And so all of these conversations about closure and saying goodbye, it it can be very harsh and our insides know that that's just not true. Our insides know that we need to continue this relationship and we don't know how. So that inner experience, that inner sadness, that inner frustration, the anxiety, the fear, the whole um, myriad of symptoms that we experience due to our loss is all about how we're feeling about them not being in the physical realm anymore. And we're looking for where they are now. And what this quote does it is it gives us permission to recognize that we need to continue that relationship. And why I love talking about the distinction between grief and mourning is because it honors that what we're grieving is that the person is no longer in our physical relationship. They're no longer in our physical world, but that doesn't mean that we don't have a relationship with them. And so the grief journey is about finding and reclaiming where that relationship sits now. It's really vital that we do this work because if we don't do this work, as I've said before, then we're relegated to burying and carrying our grief. And what does that look like? Well, buried and carried grief shows up in a myriad of different ways. When we suddenly explode at somebody, you know, it may be somebody, you know, completely innocent, our boss, our coworker, um, our spouse, our child, um, and suddenly this uh, anger reaction maybe comes out that is so out of relation to what has actually occurred here, and our anger has nothing to do with the event. So I'm going to give you a really funny example from my own life when I was grieving um, a loss in my life. My father had died, and he had died quite a long time prior to this. Um, And I was in a Target store, and I was buying groceries, and one of the things that I was buying was eggs, And I watched as this very young, very nice clerk was packing the eggs in the bag. Unfortunately, he was packing them at the bottom of the bag. And my teeth were clinched in anger. I was frustrated. I was aggravated. I could just imagine those eggs. And you can hear my jaw clinching even as I'm talking about this, right? 
I was so incredibly frustrated that those eggs were going to break. And I just knew they were going to break. And I said nothing, but I was getting angrier. And I was, I would say, seething by the end of it. I was shooting this guy darts through my eyes. And I know you guys all know what I'm talking about here. It's, it's not a comfortable place, but I was just lividly furious. So um, I, I take the bag and I very gently put it into my cart and then I move the cart to my car. And in the course of getting to my car, I proceed to forget which bag the eggs are in. And I'm getting angrier and angrier about the situation about the eggs. And I get to my car and because of my anger and my frustration, I put the bag in the back of my car, perhaps in not the gentlest way. And you guessed it, those eggs did in fact break. I was creating my own reality there. And when those eggs broke, I immediately just broke into tears. And I was so frustrated and I was so angry and I was so upset. And what I realized was none of this, none of this had anything to do with um, the store clerk None of this had anything to do with anything other than I used to go grocery shopping with my dad all the time. He's the one who taught me how to grocery shop. We had our Sunday rituals of going grocery shopping. And for whatever reason, on this particular day, as I was doing my ritual weekly grocery shop, I was um, being triggered. And all that means is that I had some grief that was coming to the surface. But instead of being present with the grief, instead of honoring that I had some grief going, I was actively avoiding my grief. And unfortunately, this poor clerk was kind of the epicenter of, of that anger that I was feeling, not about the groceries, not even about the eggs being buried at the bottom of the bag, the anger that I was feeling and why it was turning into seething and all of these, you know, clenched jaw experiences and stuff, all of that was born of the fact that I was missing my father and I was really angry that my father was not there with me. And I was really angry that I would never again go shopping with my dad. That's what was going on inside of me. But instead, um, this anger came up out of nowhere and it was misdirected and and you know this poor this poor, poor clerk was truly doing the best he could um, and in another place and time I could have gently said something to him but I was not in the frame of mind to do that when we're bearing and carrying our grief um, that's that's what it looks like it looks like unusual explosions of anger or frustration or sadness that seemingly come out of nowhere. The other way that this looks, and um, this is something that certainly my mother had, her brother died at a very young age in his 40s, and she had a very hard time telling stories about him or, um, or remembering him without crying and, and kind of her body would shake as she would start telling these stories. And it was a really bitter, sad place for her. The unfortunate thing is that she never got through those stories. She never told us those stories. And so for decades, and truly to her dying day, she carried this sadness, this absolute um, 
I, I was going to say depression, but it wasn't really a depression. It was just kind of a locked pocket where she could not reclaim her memories because her memories scared her because her emotions scared her. That's what I mean by grief scares us. And so um, instead of being willing to work with our grief and understand that our grief is not the enemy, you know, our grief is inviting us to move through the sadness of the loss of the physical so that we can reclaim the relationship. What my mother never did was she never reclaimed the relationship with her brother. She never got to reclaim those memories and share those memories joyfully with anybody. It was always really painful for her and really hard to watch and listen to. And what a shame, because I would have loved to have heard stories about my uncle and when they were kids, but that conversation really died with him. And so we want to make sure not to sever the relationship. We want to make sure that we're telling the stories and at first it's going to be painful and those tears are going to come up. So I wrote the book Healthy Morning, Happy Loving, 52 Ways to Convert Your Grief to Morning because I wanted to begin to talk to people about healthy ways to think about their grief. I wanted people to start to understand what what took me 10 years and six very near deaths in my family. And by near deaths, I mean my mother, my father, one of my best friends, my godparents. You know, these were people who were very close to the inner circle of my life. And through that journey, through each individual grief journey, I learned something more about myself. I learned something more about the grief journey. And most of all, what I learned, thanks to my mentor and teacher, Dr. Alan Wofeld, is that everybody's grief is unique. And so we have to tap into our grief in order to know where the journey is taking us, in order to be willing to grow beyond this moment in time, in order to be able to reclaim the relationship, to reclaim the memories, to reclaim the love, to reconnect to our life. Because what happens is when we don't do that and when we're bearing and carrying grief, the next death brings up the loss, not only of the individual who we've just lost, but also it brings up all of our buried and carried grief. It is very hard for us in this mounting grief, right, one after the other, so the next death brings up all that has gone before. If we don't deal with it, we get into a habit of not dealing with it, and we get into a habit of avoiding our grief. And when we get into that habit, it really impacts our life in very nasty ways um, because it's being carried somewhere in our body. And so we may be having very physical reactions to a loss that we had years and years ago. Because as, again, my teacher and mentor, Alan Wofeld, says, Dr. Wofeld is brilliant when he says, grief awaits welcome. It doesn't await time. So this notion that time heals all wounds, it won't heal the wound of grief because what's going on in our grief is that it's awaiting our ability, our willingness to greet it and to welcome it into our world so that we can work through it. The grief journey is a sacred and beautiful journey when we allow it to be because it is the way that we reclaim our memories. It, the stories come flooding to us 
and we can either avoid them or we can get really caught in them and kind of lost in them or we can begin working with them and through them, which is what the grief journey is asking of us. So the invitation of our grief is to meet it when it shows up, as it shows up, and to recognize that we can't handle it all at once and it's not going to happen all at once. It's a good thing that the grief journey happens over a period of time. Healthy mourning is about recognizing that anytime the grief presents itself and shows itself, we have a choice to consciously convert that grief to mourning. And that's what makes the grief journey one of ease and grace. So I invite you to think about this, maybe replay it a couple of times um, so that you can get out of it the juicy tidbits for yourself and to begin to truly make a conscious choice on your part that you're willing to convert your grief to mourning and that you're curious about the ways that you can do this with ease and grace, where you can once again truly reclaim those memories and reconnect to the love. And ultimately what you can do is you can find that the life that you're stepping into, even though right now you may not be able to imagine that life, it's not unusual that you wouldn't be able to imagine that life, but that there is a life out there waiting for you as you walk through this and it will reveal itself to you. Here's the biggest indicator that you've got some grief avoidance going on and that you've got some serious buried and carried grief. If you've lost your divine spark, your joy in life, if you don't remember the last time you were joyful in your life, or if you've been in a situation, I had a client who was talking about um, she was in a boat with all of her friends and they were all giggling and having a good time. And she felt so removed from that experience, that removal from that experience and the realization that you haven't laughed in a really long time and that you maybe don't know how to, and you're not sure you ever will laugh again right? And maybe it's been years and maybe it's been decades, right? That dimming of the life spark, that was never meant to be. That's not what grief is all about. Grief is all about finding where the relationship is now, reconciling with the fact that they're not in your physical realm and discovering where they are now and how can you communicate with them now. So I'm hoping that this was helpful to you. I'm so grateful to have spent this time with you, and I look forward to our next time together. Take care of yourself, and have a wonderful week. One last thing before you go. I'm so glad you joined us here today. If you'd like to learn more about this topic, I invite you to go to the Healthy Morning YouTube channel where I recorded a video that talks about this topic, but in a slightly different way. So you may pick up a few other pointers. The link is in the description. You can also check out healthymorning.com for links to our free Healthy Morning Revolution Facebook group and the registration page for our free Healthy Morning Live Launch Workshop. And also the Amazon link to my book, Healthy Morning, Happy Loving, 52 Ways to Convert Your Grief to Mourning with Ease and Grace. Again, that's all at HealthyMourning.com. I'm committed to helping you convert your grief to mourning with ease and grace. 
If you like this episode, be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss the next one. Drop me a note and let me know what was helpful to you here and what other topics you'd like me to talk about. Until next week, wishing you ease and grace in your grief journey. Much love to you. Namaste.